Happy Tuesday, Seattle hockey fans. You woke up just like me, knowing that Maddie Beneers is indeed your rookie of the year. Dave Haxtell didn't quite win, but we will talk about some of the winners. We will get you ready for draft coverage and start talking about the rumor mill regarding a certain defenseman in the Pacific Division. All that and more coming up on Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where we bring you your favorite team every single day. The everydayers, you know, we've been hawking and watching and talking about the Calder Memorial Award. And finally, we can say that our guy is the winner. We're going to get into all of that on this episode of Locked on Kraken, available wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Hello, YouTubers. This episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. But we are going to start with the winner. Oh, I love this photo that they used. Maddie Veneers, your Calder Memorial Trophy winner. Talked about this a little bit on yesterday's episode. It was uh, the awards were just getting started as the episode went to air. But uh, Maddie Veneers, officially a Calder Cup or excuse me, a Calder Memorial Trophy winner. Calder Cup, something else. And unfortunately, our rookie of the year for the AHL didn't quite hoist that one. But anyway, um, there's a really great clip of Maddie Beneers and his acceptance speech. He thanked his family. He says he loves his teammates. He loves us Seattle hockey fans. So um, it was it was cute. It was super cute. But uh, here's just a few snippets of what Maddie Beneers said after the awards to media feels, feels great you know just honored and thankful to you know i've received it and just so many people to thank and you know just happy to be here too <laughs> yeah I, I think so you know you want to you want to do whatever whatever you can to help your team and you know if that's um you know scoring points scoring goals um or if it's you know doing doing good things defensively like whatever that is you you try to do that so uh you know i think i was pretty fortunate this year with um, you know, production wise and, uh, you know, every year is not going to be like that. And I know that, but, um, you know, it was, it was definitely a good start and I was obviously really happy and thankful for the year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, if in terms of hockey, I think, you know, big thing that people don't understand is, you know, if everything outside of hockey is going well, you know, hockey usually does go well. So, uh, I was kind of, you know, making sure you're ready as a player, obviously, but, uh, you know, also as a person, you know, you're, you're not just, you know, in college, you got all your teammates and you got 
structure and now you're going to move to a new city you don't know and live on your own so there's there's a lot more that goes into it i think yeah, he was he was awesome i mean all my coaches um you know especially coach haxtell uh they were you know awesome all year pushing me um you know giving me new things to work on things like that so uh you know when you got a coach that you know believes in, in you and you know pushes you to be the best you can it's um you know you you know you got a good coach yeah, I mean, they've, they've been awesome all year. Um, you know, they, whether we, you know, we're winning or losing, they were, they were there, they were supporting us. So uh, I think that's the kind of fan base there are. They are, you know, they're there uh, no matter what happens. So I think this is great for them to kind of see the, you know, what, what this awards and ceremony is all about. But, uh, you know, I think they're the type of fan base that, you know, they'll, they'll be there, um, you know, through a thick and thin, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just keep doing what we're doing. Keep, uh, you know, we've started to really identify a culture in our in our locker room and our team, and uh, you know, that's we're just a hard-nosed team, and we're gonna work. We're gonna try to outwork anyone we play. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of what we we've, we've established and what we've had success with, and I think that's just gonna continue. And so, yeah, yeah, it definitely prepared me. It kind of gives you a feel of what it is like getting getting games, uh, playing against these these. You know, obviously great players, um, you know, the intensity of the games, how, how many games you're playing in a week, uh, which is obviously a lot different than, than Michigan and probably, um, you know, a big jump for guys that come to college, uh, you know, how many games you're playing. So uh, you just get a little bit of taste of everything, which, which is a huge help, especially going into your, you know, into that summer before, before you play. And there you have it, Maddie Benier is talking to media. And I love what he said, especially about the Seattle Kraken fan base, that uh, they are loyal through and through. Um, he talked also just a little bit about when life is going well, hockey goes well. And um, I interpreted that to mean that there's just some freedom to play. It's been really exciting to see Maddie blossom, but he knows, as we all do, that this is just the beginning. There's a lot of work to be done still, and it's going to be a challenge not every season um or season in 10 games is going to be how it was and we even saw some ebbs and flows in his game but that being said i'm super excited to see what happens dave haxtell probably the the most excited i've ever seen him at least via video um when maddie veneers was was named the calder memorial award winner let's run through some of the other awards here now the uh jim montgomery or, or jim montgomery excuse me won the jack adams award for um, essentially best coach. And of course, we know that uh, our guy, Dave Haxel, is up for that award. He obviously did not win, but you know, all good. Jack Adams goes to Jim Montgomery. Um, now, a few Penguins won. You had um, the Chris, Chris Letang winning the Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy. And you also had from the Pittsburgh Penguins, we have Patrice Bergeron, who won the Frank Selkie Trophy. Moving on down the list from what the NHL sent, Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers wins the Hart Memorial Trophy. We then have... Um, as I mentioned, Jim Montgomery wins the Jack Adams. The Lady Bing Award goes to Kopitar from the 
LA Kings. And if you follow, if you follow Allison Lucan, then you know she was making a strong case for Maddie Beneers to be a finalist. I believe he finished top five, top six, perhaps in vote getters, but uh, Kopitar wins it. Uh, continuing on, we have the King Clancy Memorial Trophy goes to Michael Backland from the Calgary Flames. And that organization kind of feeling like they're up in flames, but that's a different story. Congratulations to Backland. Um, we have the Mark Messier NHL Leadership Award going to Stephen Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we continue on with the Ted Lindsay Award. Connor McDavid also takes home the Ted Lindsay Award. Then we move on to the Vesna Trophy for Best Goalie, and that goes to Boston's Linus Olmark. And we close out with the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award going to Jason McCrimmon of Detroit Ice Dreams Youth Hockey Association. Shout out also to Soroya Tinker, who is up for that award. Um, I mentioned it. Uh, or in the tease, I mentioned something, but uh, also congratulations to uh, Eric Carlson, who won wins his third uh, James Norris Memorial Trophy. And we're going to talk about Eric Carlson. I've mentioned it a time or two, but Eric Car Carlson has been a part of trade rumors, well, for a while now, especially given where San Jose is. He wants to have a chance to win a championship, and he doesn't feel that with his timeline that he has enough time to do it with the San Jose Sharks. He has a lot of great things to say about Mike Greer. It does sound like the organization is going to work with him, but he feels that he might have a better chance with the time that he has left to make moves. Now, there are a few reasons why the Seattle Kraken makes sense, but there are also reasons that I think are strong enough that maybe this doesn't make sense. And for me, at least, it's not really a salary cap situation, but we will talk about that coming up on this episode of Locked on Kraken. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this episode of Locked on Kraken brought to you by Game Time. Now, Game Time is an app where if you're on the road like I am a lot, you can be in your city or a new city and you can immediately on the app find something to do around the town that night. Whether you want to take in a baseball game, maybe it's during hockey season or just uh, your favorite theater show Head over to the Game Time app. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And that's what Game Time does. They give you killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for what you'll have in store. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in the area that you're in. You get images of your seat. And again, that guarantee is if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, you are going to get a 110% credit of the difference from game time. So head to the game time app, create an account, use locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account on the game time app, use locked on NHL as your promo code that will get you $20 off download game time, game time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. I am Erica L. Ayala, your host 
of Locked on Kraken. We have been talking about our mock draft. I told you why maybe my pick wasn't the best uh, statistically, but why I stand by it. And I went for culture, which leads me to have a conversation about Eric Carlson. Now, since I can remember, and I've been with this podcast since its inception, Eric Carlson has always been a part of the conversation. Obviously, a three-time Norris Trophy winner. That's not anything to shrug your shoulders at. 33 years old um, and is an offensive defenseman, is a, a, a defenseman who can help out on the power play. And isn't that why we went and got Justin Schultz it, you know, that's part of the reason why we went with Justin Schultz. But did Justin Schultz give us the scoring that we want or that we're going to need if we want to make a deeper run than game seven in round two? Just looking at Eric Carlson from 2022-23, he played 82 games, um, 25 goals, 76 assists, over 100 points. That sounds nice. That sounds nice. Um, he was a minus 26. Don't like that so much. 36 penalty minutes, uh, five power play goals, um, 27 power play points. And so looking at his career, on his career, he's averaging um, or has, excuse me, 178 goals, 583 assists. Um, the minus is not great, which I don't love, but again, plus minus, mm, you know, some people go back and forth on that power play goals, 40 on the career, 273 power play points. If you look at the Seattle Kraken, um, again, he had 27 power play points. Eric Carlson did this past season. For the Seattle Kraken, for the Seattle Kraken, so Eric Carlson, 27 power play points. For the Seattle Kraken, the highest defenseman um, was Vince Dunn with 15 power play points. Those were all assists, no goals. And then the he, only Jared McCann had more power play points. That was 16 power play points overall, seven of those goals. So... <laughs> Eric Carlson scoring more than our top scorers on the power play. Um, so that's enticing. Uh, I looked at a few different things here. One, if you haven't listened, and I make fun of J.D. Young all the time because he doesn't believe in defense. He believes, or I should say he believes defense is for nerds, which, okay, bro, whatever. But listen, go listen to Locked on Sharks. So J.D. is one of three Locked on hosts that we have in Nashville. And so he has a trade idea for Carlson to Seattle. So Carlson, he has, he's on contract until, um, 27, 28. So basically for another four seasons, again, he's 33 now. So that's 37 years old, the wrong side of 30, as I'm told. Um, he has a family, We'll get to that in a little bit because I do think it's going to play a factor. Similarly to um, another defenseman who we're going to talk about when it comes to trade rumors. But let's get to Carlson and then we'll talk about some other people and some other things. Again, 33 years old, three-time Norris Trophy winner. Um, J.D. Young of Locked on Sharks is suggesting 
that Carlson come to Seattle for our first round pick in 2023, which of course is pick number 20. And that would mean that, or he suggests that the Sharks retain $3 million. So right now Carlson's on an 11.5 AAV per year. Uh, well, that's, it's kind of in there per year is in there. Anyway, uh, 11.5 AAV. So you take that down to 8.5. Is this doable for the Seattle Kraken? Yes. I think numerically it's doable. You can even maybe negotiate that. Do we want to give up a first round draft pick? Mm, I mean, we have 10 picks overall. I'm not sure. I feel like we can finagle something a little bit different here. Um, he's, he's a right D alternate captain. Um, John Barr weighed in. So Sheng Peng is a beat writer for the, uh, the San Jose sharks for an independent outlet, but then also for NBC sports in the Bay area. And he did this really cool roundup where he asked 10 different, um, different media members and John Barr he, or 10 different people representing um, who write about different 10 different NHL franchises. And so sound of hockey's John Barr weighed in on a potential for Seattle to pick up Carlson, not necessarily with the particulars that uh, again, JD young from locked on um, sharks gave us, but this is what John had to say um, on the surface there is a fit and he talks about being that PP one quarterback. Um, but also we hear from other reports that, you know, places like Carolina, um, Toronto are interested. I thought it was interesting in the Sheng Peng article for NBC that I forget which beat writer it was, but they said Carlson has to be quote that guy. And, um, we don't really have that type of um, celebrity or ego that comes with Seattle. So going back to my culture fit, is Carlson a culture fit? I think you can make it work, whether it's uh, the Sharks retain $3 million, Do we give up a, a first-round draft pick? Some people have also attributed perhaps um, Chris Drieger. So if you listen to J.D. Young, he wants to well, – he picked up a few draft picks in his uh, ideal trades, in his little mock trades, and he does want a goaltender. I've talked to you before. I don't, I don't understand what the long-term goal for goaltending is right now for Seattle. I, I, don't, I don't understand what it is. I don't think we're getting Jones back, but Jones – and we kind of knew that was a short-term deal. Um so Drieger in the mix, would that sweeten the pot without having to give up a pick and still having the Sharks retain some salary? Because I do think we're going to want the Sharks to retain salary. I think we're in an okay place. But remember, we're thinking long-term for Vince Dunn, I, I think that's a good deal for us. We're going to have to renew. We're, we're going to want to keep Matty Beneers. How aggressive do we want to be beyond Eric Carlson? Because remember, again, 33 years old, air quotes, wrong side of 30. But also he's had injury. Don't like the minus. He gives us more offensive power, which I do think we need defensively on our defensive, on our blue line. 
Puck moving defenseman, solid. Is he a young puck moving defenseman in the hockey world? Not necessarily. I do think he get, he brings a little gravitas, and you know, is that ego something that can go, that can bite us in the butt regarding the culture we're trying to build? He wants to go to a contender. I wonder if there's a way that you can maybe have him fit in. Um, he would stay on the West coast. He has a family. His children are young enough. They've grown up in San Jose. He was, when he was traded there, started a family there. He thanked his wife and all of the things that she does when he's not around in his Norris speech. So that was really kind. Um, I thought, and, you know, I think he's being upfront about what is realistic for him. The question of course becomes, does Carlson think that Seattle is a big enough draw. Are we in that timeline that he has for a championship to be a true contender? I think our second, our second round, um, getting to the second round and our second round appearance, I think that does make a case. I think getting someone like Carlson perhaps strengthens that case, but are we going to need to do more? Then just bring him in. Like that can't be the only thing I think. I don't know if we have enough. It depends for me if Carlson believes in the philosophy that's being built in Seattle. But some people don't think he fits into the philosophy in Seattle. I don't know him well enough to make that judgment. All I can say is I thought he had a very dapper suit. And uh, he had some wonderful spectacles when he spoke to media the day of the awards ceremony if he has an ego, I'm not saying ego is bad. And I think we could use some swag. I also said we need sandpaper. Does Eric Carlson give us enough sandpaper? I'd have to think about it. Um, I'm, I'm open to the idea. And just as Eric Carlson keeps telling media he's open to a trade, I'm open to this trade. I had heard about this trade for the last two years, and I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if it's the money is right. I don't know if the timing is right. I think we're getting closer to the timing being right. Do we have to make it in the offseason? Uh, he does want to get the deal done sooner rather than later, and that goes to someone else that we talked about. And that's Carson Soucy. So coming up next, I want to bring Carson Soucy into the fold because we have some news about Seuss. Once again, I want to thank you for making Locked on Crack and a part of your daily routine. We are available five days a week in the in the regular season. And we're almost in our off season. We're going to start our off season in July where we'll move to a minimum of three days a week, but um, we'll get you through the draft. Then we'll go down to three days a week, but we're always of free. We're always available on your audio platforms. And of course on YouTube, hello, YouTube, I'm using a, a new backdrop, same room. I just tilted towards to get some more natural light. Anyway, Carson Soucy, um, uh, we hear, hear from Frank Saravelli and a few others who have been reporting something that, again, we've heard for at least, mm, I don't know, six to eight months. And, and really going back to last year, Carson Soucy and the Seattle Kraken, I think, have amicably decided to let Soucy walk into free agency. Their conversations um, from the reporting that I've seen have been, I suppose, amicable enough, but they couldn't come to an agreement. 
Does that mean that Susie's gone for good? I mean, I guess he could find um, his way back to the negotiating table after he kind of sees what else is out there. I think I think we're okay though to to move on from Carson Susie. And here's the thing, uh, and we should head to Cap Friendly for this. But um, the reason that Susie wants to get this done sooner rather than later, and same thing with Eric Carlson is because they have children. And well, Susie and his partner are expecting, if I remember correctly. Um, but Carlson, you know, wants to have his children settled before. Um, you have to, to get going for the season. He wants to be able to help his wife to settle things. And that really means that as early into free agency as possible, you want to have your family knowing where they're going. So it's looking like we won't have Susie. He was able to play left and right D. Um, Carlson is a right D, which I think it was maybe um, maybe John or someone else in that NBC article uh, mentioned, you know, is that a challenge? Can we figure that out? Probably. I do think we need a little bit more of a splashy name and a more elite level player. I think Jared McCann was amazing for us, but we don't have, we have solid and I'd say above average and perfect for our system type defenders. I think we still need some dynamic scoring to come from somewhere now is Carlson as a defender where we want to get that do we think we could find a forward that's maybe younger that gives us even if we are spending around the same um that gives us more time I do think though our three to five year plan uh, we're in year two of a three to five year plan I think that could fit into what Carlson wants to do so I don't know but um, just as I was getting ready to wrap this episode, of course, naturally, the um, the schedule, the NHL schedule dropped. And so I had seen that we we're going to be in Florida in October for their homestand, their early homestand. But we have a home opener for the Seattle Kraken. Um, this is coming from the NHL and their their media uh, list that they send their little listserv out. And so the home opener, I'm going to pull this up for you, for the Seattle Kraken is going to be Tuesday, October 17th, oh, versus Colorado. We're taking on the Colorado Avalanche. So that'll be fun. Of course, we also know that we have the Winter Classic. I've showed you the logo for the Winter Classic. Here it is right there again instead of my face. Skadoosh, there you go. Um, and so we'll see what else the schedule looks like, but that's the home opener. So now you have it. And so we're going to close out our show there. Carson Soucy looks like we're, we're moving on from him. Eric Carlson, a lot of people still saying that Seattle is in the mix. Carlson will have to essentially approve um, wherever he goes and his clause, his trade clause. He said he is trying to work with the Sharks. Um, he has a lot of respect for the organization. It reminds me of uh, Mark Giordano in, in season one for us. Um, and Giordano and Carlson have been falling into kind of this pecking order of defenders that are really solid, um, you know, and, and I like that for us. I think we need that for us. Is it the right time? I think the timing is the question. Obviously it's the big question for Carlson. It's the question for us. And, uh, 
in the beginning of the show, we talked about Maddie Beneers. Congratulations to Maddie Beneers on winning the Calder Memorial Award. We're so proud of you. We're so thankful that you're ours. And again, remember any trades or long-term contracts that we make, we have to keep the future in mind. And Maddie Beneers squarely is our future as far as I'm concerned. I could be open to Chris Drieger for Carlson or someone else, Drieger in play. That means we do put a lot of faith in Joey Dax, Joey Decord. And I like it. I think he's earned a little bit more of a look. But is that the tandem with Philip Grubauer and Joey Decord? I'm not completely sold on it. But I guess we'll see how it all pans out. Tomorrow is the uh, NHL draft day one. I will be in and out. I have family coming to visit over the weekend. So I will do my best. But we will have episodes up throughout the rest of the week. And we'll dissect what our draft picks look like until our next episode. Be kind to yourselves and to each other. Hold fast. Stay true. And let's go cracking. I'll see you on the next episode.